Okay. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you right now for this awesome day that you've given us. Another opportunity, God. Another opportunity to come together. Another opportunity to hear your word. Another opportunity to grow. Another opportunity to receive. Another opportunity to bless your name. Another opportunity to magnify your name. God, we are so grateful to be here in Thanksgiving. And today, God, we ask that you would just, just honor your word through us, oh God, that your word would be glorified in us, that we would not just hear it, God. We would receive it unto application in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I must be getting used to it. Usually I try to tear it off. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and I, I just want to thank God for being here. I thank God because I continue to say he's a keeper. He's a keeper. Oh, yes, he is. And he is right there on time. When, I want to just thank God for everyone that has supported us, and I do want to um, just those that are online and told me that they would be online this morning, I just want to thank you for your support you know I want to say that God is there and he always you know there's a scripture in the Bible where it says send help from the sanctuary and so I just thank God because he does just that I thank God that in this time that there's just been so much love and support from the sanctuary when I mean the sanctuary it can be just people of God everywhere and so God has just uh, continued to support Apostle and I through this time with so much encouragement so many people um, helping us because we really need help you know and I thought to myself you know he hears our SOS remember that he hears our SOS and he will come to our rescue and so I'm thankful for that I'm thankful to let you guys know that I talked to um, to Apostle this morning he was in good spirits he was up with me till about three o'clock this morning you guys so we got to know that this word because we had every kind of thing trying to get this word um all the computers kept crashing turning black we said what we was up to three o'clock trying to get this word down but i just thank god for um for my precious husband that you know he was he was happy and just and to be there with me and we was just happy as it crashed we kept going back to scriptures and and just the Lord enlightening us. And so I just, I just thank God for that. I do want to say that this week was a blessing. I, I, my son, I hope he's on this morning, that how he blessed and honored me this week as I got up to the hospital and found out I could not, after they told us that we could, found out that I could not be at all with my husband. And, and oh, you know that little, oh. And so uh, my, you know, my son, of course, he, he was right there. And just how he just blessed and honored his mama this week. I mean, there was nothing that I could ask for that he wasn't there to, to support uh, me and Apostle. And I just thank God for Daniel this morning. I wanted to say that. And so, and I want to thank God. I want, I want to thank God because you guys do not realize that this weekend, uh, my mom, just she had to go back to the hospital she had another fall but I thank God for Elder Otis I thank God for Mama Allen I thank God for Ariana I just thank God for Adonijah and Elias being there you know while I'm away and I'm getting this phone call and me and my sister are like oh my god and I'm like oh god what should I do you know but they were there and um God is, he's, he's on watch, you know, and he was taking care of, you guys continue to lift her up in prayer, but one of the things I was, I was thinking this morning as I was standing there, uh, we got some reports that weren't good, but then we got other, when I thought about it, I was like, God, my mom is very compromised in her body, you know, with the cancer and everything, but when they went to take the COVID test, no COVID. And I thought, God, you know, other people, you have watched over them. How many times? My mom has a fracture in her neck, and she has fell at least three times. And, that, and, and as they have told us, it's very serious that it could be unto death. But each time... 
God has gotten her back up, amen, and she's back home, and I just thank God. I just know that God, he reigns, he rules, and I will, you guys are singing that song, Here I Am, too. that's one of my favorite songs, because it reminds me of Here I Am to Worship. You guys, not just in this building, not just, not just when things are going good, not when things are on point, but here I am to worship right in the middle of all. Know that that God is on board. Is that when the bad times, when the storms of life are raging, here I am to worship. And I'm so glad for the spirit of worship because the worship puts us back in that mindset that God, you are Lord over it all. And there's nothing that's impossible and I'm so thankful. So this morning, I was, I'm just going to do a little tease out to Pastor David this morning. Babe, if you're watching, which I know you are, I said, um, you got to move. Yes, you got to move. When the Lord gets ready, you got to move. He understands what that means. All right. So we're praying on that right now in the name of Jesus. He's going to laugh. He's, he's going to say that, girl. But this morning, I um, want to talk about something that when God's been dealing with me with. And then it was like, God, I want to talk about something wonderful that's going to be just so exciting. And Okay. And he said, it is going to be exciting. So you're going to see. So today it's going to be in light, the theme of um, the message is in light of eternity, eternal perspective. We've been talking and we know that uh, standing in truth is our focus principle for this year to get us to, to grab hold and embrace that, that we have to stand in the truth. And I loved how Pastor David bought that. Not stand just on it, but in it. Be immersed in the truth. You know, when you're immersed in something, you're not so easy knocked off the box. But I loved how he bought, when you're standing on, just standing on a box, somebody can just go bam and knock you off. But when you're immersed deep down, I mean, come on, the enemy got to go down there and be doing some pulling to get you up out of that. And so I was so excited about that difference. Yes, I want to be immersed in the truth and stand on the truth so I'm not so easily knocked off. You know, in, in these kind of situations that's going on, I've seen people, they just, you know, give up or they get frantic. Or, but to, to be in the truth, why did I think that was my husband walking in? Okay, I almost had a fit, y'all. I saw that hat on his head. I was like, what? But we're just glad that you're here this morning. Okay. Uh, it took me by surprise, y'all. Okay. Um, Start right now in John 8, 31, it says this. And we're just, this is just to kind of go a little bit back over what Pastor said. Standing in the truth. In 8, 31 to 32, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, okay, because we can start in the word. But he says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. If you continue, not just hear it, but continue, okay? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, remember this. You have to continue in the word of God to know the truth. Okay, you can just start out, but you have to continue going on to know him more intimately. And in that knowing, he said, the truth will make you free. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, in the NLT, it says this, all scripture. And I, wanna, I want us to get that because sometimes when you read the word of God, you, people have so many things. Well, man said that, or Paul said that. Or, okay, but it says all God. Everything you read in the word of God has been inspired by God. And it is useful to teach us what is true what is true, and here's an important part because this is what we usually don't like. It says to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong 
lives. You know how people say, don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. Can't you tell me what I'm doing right? But it says the scripture of God is to make us realize what is wrong in our lives because what is wrong in our life is what separates us from God. Okay? So we really want to know what's wrong in our lives. We really ask God, show me my ways that are outside of your word, right? It straightens out and teaches us to do what is right. That's what the word of God does. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. If we have a teachable spirit. Right? It is God's way of preparing us in every way. The scriptures prepare us in every way. Fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. The word of God is so important. I was thinking about it like when we go to the word of God, we either read what we believe or believe what we read. Sometimes we go and we read it on our experiences and what we believe, right? Or what we really need to do is go and believe exactly what God said, not based on our experience, based on God's wisdom. We can view God through our experiences rather than seeing God for his wisdom. Reasoning can start moving us to self-justification when we we do our own reasoning. The Bible lets us know this year as we're talking about standing on the truth. The Bible lets us know something. And sometimes we look around and we go, where is everybody? And and, and I don't understand this. I really want to, I'm not talking about in the building. Okay, I'm talking about in the heart. Okay, so, but the Bible lets us know that there, there will be a great falling away. And so sometimes uh, people that don't know the word of God or aren't in the Bible, they begin to look at the church and begin to say, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Uh, people aren't following God anymore. But the Bible already told us this, okay? And it said, there will be a great falling away. Scripture warns us of the falling away that will occur. And, and remember, we're not talking about falling away of sinners. Sinners can't fall away because they haven't came to yet right? The falling away is Christians, okay? There will be a great falling away, and it says that in in, um, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3, let no one deceive you by any means. For that day, that day, the coming of the Lord, y'all, when we see the falling away, we got to realize that the coming of the Lord is getting closer. It says, for that day will not come That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. So as we look around and we see these, understand these are signs that let us know that the Lord is on his way. All right. And the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition. In 1 Timothy 4 and 1 it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. These are things that God is telling us. Why will they do this? Why will believers, believers, not sinners, why will believers depart from the faith? It says in 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ear away from the truth and be turned aside to fables you guys look because he's talking to us okay he's talking to believers he's making us aware of this spirit that's going to come against our faithfulness and we need to recognize that spirit that has us turning away heaping to it says teachers teachers that will tell you lies teachers that will not tell you the truth teachers that will make you feel good teachers that won't care how you live all right because they're more concerned about you being part of their their church or are their you know their their following but God wants us to know the truth because he said the truth will make you free if someone doesn't tell you the truth that's you know how you think about children running in the street and you don't tell them you know get out of the street because you you feel like you don't want to upset them well what do they do they're in the street and they could die or get hurt but God said that there are people who would rather not hear the truth They want to live their lives their own way. They want to do their own thing. But God is saying that this is why that we will turn away because we want to do our own thing. 
So today, after I'm bringing out why we're digging into the focus principle of standing in the truth, is because there's an important thing that most of the time we've stopped talking about as pastors and, and even people. We've stopped talking about hell. Hell's not popular. Hell's not a jump, shout, <laughs> run around the church. It's not something that we even really want to think about. And you know, isn't that that's so like us in the flesh, the things that we don't want to think about, we kind of push it away. We put fingers in our ears. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear that because it's not a feel good thing. It's not a, it's not something um, that, that draws, you know, the jump in us, the excitement in us. But God wants us to know that we have a place that we're all going to go. Okay. So we're going to start here, and it's going to be a two-part service, but a, a sermon. But I want you—we're going to talk about heaven, and we're going to talk about hell. And I wanted to talk about heaven first because I thought that you know, heaven first—that yes, we'll all be so happy. But God said, no, I want you to talk about hell first. Okay. One of the things that God has said, He has set in Ecclesiastes three and eleven, for all mankind, God has set eternity in our hearts. The scriptures let us know in every heart there's eternity has been set in it that we were meant to live forever. Jesus, God has no beginning and no end. And from the beginning, we weren't meant to die, okay? But sin brought death into our lives. And so we need to properly prepare for eternity. And we need to be eternity-focused. What we do in this life, it matters. If we're not eternity focused, then what we do in this life, it doesn't matter. Because we think this is all it is. And you hear people foolishly say that, you know, I'm going to live till I die. I'm going to do what I want to do because when it's over, it's over. But that is not true. That is, and we're talking about standing on the truth. God does not want us to spend our lives waiting for heaven just spend our lives sitting around waiting for heaven. But instead, he wants to shift our perspective to see that eternity has already begun. Do you hear me? Eternity has already begun. He wants that we spend our days on earth. He wants us to know that spending these days on earth, they matter. They matter immensely. These days that we're spending on earth, they matter. Like, like we can be vague and thoughtless, but God wants us to know that our days on earth matter. And nothing is wasted and nothing is pointless. And in, in, in God's eyes, he sees how we are spending our days. And how we spend our days here determines how we're going to spend our days in eternity. In Romans 6 and 13, it says this, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death is speaking of eternal separation from God. And it's about being put in a place the Bible calls hell. And the Bible teaches us to avoid. You know, I was reading something last night and it says, nobody goes to hell by accident. It's a choice. And it hit me because it's true. Because there's so much word and there's so much warning. And, and it's about receiving the word and the warning. It's not, you just don't fall into hell, okay? Most of us are just, if, if, if we're going to get there, we walked into hell by just choosing to go against God's word and his will. So as I've been looking, I don't know how, as, as you've been looking there, death has become so prevalent. I'm, you can't turn on the news where you don't hear about thousands of people dying. I mean, every day, thousands of people. And it's like the news, you, you can't just turn it on without people dying. And I began to say, you know, of course, of course, many of us, you know, we've had death in our families, but I'm talking about on this scale that it's an everyday conversation. Everyday conversation of thousands of people dying. And I, as I was beginning to see this, God said, because it's death in your face. Uh -huh. Come 
I said, God, what do you mean by that? He said, until things get up in our face, we, we hold it very far, or, or we think about it very little, and we don't want to think about it. And so the longer that we don't think about it, we don't prepare for it, right? And so God said, now death is in our face. And, and, you, and you see not just old people dying in, in scores. You see, you see middle age. You see kids. You see, you're just, just dying. And, and you even see now that it's not just the, the older person's uh, conversation of, you know, I'm about to go home. or um, it's, it's, it's down to everybody's like, everybody's talking about it. Even, even my grandkids, when I'm looking at them, they're trying to understand what's going on with all this death. You know, and you see upon them this sense of if it can happen, you know, at my age, I, I might not be here long. All the dreams that I have, all the friends that I where we're going to go, what we're going to do, who we're going to be on this side. But it's making a whole lot of people, no matter what, not be here. We're not taking it for granted that I'm going to be here until I'm 80. It's making people stop and evaluate and look death in the face and say, okay, I've planned this life here on earth, but I might not make it through this life here on earth. And so what's going to happen after that? Many people are beginning to evaluate what is going to... And the funniest thing is that people used to make all these jokes about what, was, what they're going to do you know, when they die. But you see people getting a little more sober because death is becoming more of a reality that could happen. We're just one heartbeat away from heaven or hell. Do y'all understand that? And people are beginning to sober up. And God does things, allows things so that we can sober up. And I'm I don't think this is happy news. It is good news because a warning good news. Because it says warning comes before destruction. Now eternity. Right now. Right now is the time to invest in, in eternity. You know, I think about um, me and my mom and our family. We've been talking so much, and we've been just years talking, you know, about going to the mortuary. And, and, and every time any of us went in the hospital, you know how you go in the hospital, they ask you, do you have your will and all that stuff. But you know what we do? Huh? Okay, yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. That's what we do because, you know what, we kind of push it off because I don't really want to talk about that, you know. I don't really want to go right there. I don't want to delve into that. But God wants us to be a prepared people. And one of the things that we what we don't like we won't prepare for do you understand and so we won't prepare for a, a hell or, or heaven because that means we have to die and we don't want to we don't want to prepare for that but God saying now is the time to prepare for our eternity earth is so short you guys um, when I think about it you know in a hundred years none of us will be here not no one in this room, okay? And so earth is, and, 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 and when I've looked at my 65 years, how fast they've passed, you guys. And if you look right now how the days are being shortened, you can actually feel the shortening of the day. You can actually feel it, that God's word is coming to pass. He said that, that the days would be shortened, and you feel it. You have little kids telling me, these days are going by so fast. And I remember when I was younger, it seemed like I would never turn 18. It was seemed like the days was long 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 but now it's just like fast going fast but remember God said it and don't get so busy living life that you forget what God has said in his word God has given us his word comes to pass and as it's fastly approaching us we should be fastly taking a grip on where am I going to be where am I going to go am I going to see his face in peace am I going to live with him forever and not gaff it off that it's going to be some place way down the road. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, it says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. You guys, don't, th there it is. Don't fix your eyes on this earth, what is seen. You get, we get focused on this as, as 
this is our final destination. It is not. But on what is unseen, since what is seen, this earth and all its doings and everything in it, it's temporary, all right? But what is unseen? Well, we have not seen, where it says eyes have not seen, the things of God, that's eternal. And God said, build our hopes on things that are eternal and not on things that are passing away. Eternity, what does that mean? It means endless life after death. A state which time has no application. Eternal, lasting, or existing forever without end or beginning. Come on, you guys got to think about that too. It doesn't end. (laughs) So we need to, where am I going that does not end? (laughs) Where am I going that does not end? (laughs) And do I want to be there (laughs) in that place that does not end? You could know beyond a shadow of doubt where you will spend eternity if you first realize that you are separated from God like everyone else by sin, okay? And sin is anything that we do or say that displeases God. And when we recognize that, now we repent and we turn from that, right? So one of the things we're going to find in the Bible, this story that I want to bring out. And this story is a little story that we kind of don't preach about too much, but it's an important story that we need to preach about. It's called The Rich Man and Lazarus. And we're going to get some points out of here that's going to let us know there's some myths out there about hell, and there's some myths that there is no hell, and there's some myths that, of course, God would not allow us to be tormented. Okay? Here we go. Luke 16... 1931. And remember this, God is a loving God. If I tell my child, baby, that fire is hot. Don't put your hand in that fire. Don't put your hand in that fire, baby. I'm a loving mother, right? Don't put your hand, the fire is hot. It will burn your skin and that burn will last a long time. And to the depth of you that you burn it, that you could burn your skin till, till, till you know, you've burned up all the cells and the tissues, you, you could cause major damage. As a mother, I'm warning my child. And the warning is the love. Now when my child goes and says, huh, you know, I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I know she said that fire is hot, but I'm going to see, okay? That fire is so beautiful, and them flames are so pretty, and I just feel it. I just want to put my hand in it. When they put their hand in the fire, okay, and they get burnt, it doesn't mean that mama was a bad mom. He has his place for us. No, you've disobeyed the warning. Remember, hell was not even made for us. Hell for Satan and his angels. But the Bible lets us know that hell has enlarged himself because there's some disobedient children that will not warning that there is hell for Satan and his angels and all those that are disobedient will not take the warning but want to turn around and say, God is unfair, God is unloving, but God has warned us. In Luke 16, 19 to 31, Jesus said, there was a certain rich man, I want y'all to really listen to this story, okay, who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and, and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried. And he went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. 
I am in anguish in these flames. And Abraham, but Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime, you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here. And no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, and I want y'all to get this point right here. Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers. And I want him to warn them. Listen to this. And I want him to warn them so that they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, (laughs) then they will repent of their sin and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rose from the dead. Now this story is always, God grabs me back to the story a lot. I just goes back to the story and it touches me because people say so many things that's funny Um, you know we're going to party I'm going to live all I can on earth and then I'm going to party in hell (laughs) and when you look right here (laughs) there was no party when you look here there was no party you don't see a whole bunch of friends around him you see that it was a place of torment and so people say these things that that you know you know a lot of times we say those things because we don't want to be held accountable we don't we want to do what we want to do and not be held accountable but but life in itself like God tells us that the word of God is already um played out where we can understand things that happens in life in life okay um when you do your own thing right uh uh it was another little post that said that the anthem of hell will be i did it my way i did it my way but it won't be a happy anthem it's going to be a sad anthem because people feel like doing it there but there's always consequences to doing it our way you know, and people will act like, you know, I'm going to do it my way, but at the end, I, I, I'll, this would, every, wouldn't that be good, though? In a way, in a way, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to die, and that's the end of me. <laughs> See, most people are like, hey, I do it my way. I die. That's the end of me. I don't have to feel nothing. I don't have to go through nothing, but, you know, I had a happy, happy, banged-up life, okay? Right. But God is saying, even in that, it's not standing on truth. Because even when you do things in this life your way, there are consequences. There are consequences. When you do it in this life, how many times you've done something that you knew you shouldn't do and there was consequences that you didn't want to pay, right? So even in this life, God is saying, look at this life right now. There's, there's consequences. There's, there's accountability. And, and, and people want to get out of the accountability and do whatever they want to do without there being. But there's accountability. And God wants us to know that, that the consequences are those that we may laugh about and joke about. But the word of God is telling us through a warning. <laughs> the fire is hot, y'all. The fire is hot. God is saying the fire is hot. And I don't want you to touch the fire. I don't want you to burn. I don't want you to go to hell. I didn't even make hell for you. But if you are bent on doing what you want to do, come on this morning. It may not, you know, this is a warning, you guys. Because he was talking, he wanted the believers are going to be the ones that turn away. Do you understand that? That's going to be worse. Someone to have known Christ, to have tasted of Christ, and turn away from Christ. God. In this um, 
in this story as we unpack it. It says there was a certain rich man. Now we could stop right there and say, you know what? You know, he had all this money. But remember, God is rich is whatever you think you have an abundance of that you put before God. You could be rich in so many different ways, intelligence and strength, everything that you put before God, you can be rich and you could be counting on that and, and that can be your God and that could be what you trust in. That's what you exalt over anything, all right? But this, he brings out that there was a rich man and it says in this, his life, we can see that he was rich, but he wasn't a giver, okay? He was rich, but he wasn't a giver. He didn't have compassion. He didn't have love. Here's a beggar laying outside of his house, and, and he wouldn't eat all the beggar wanted was some scraps, okay? But he, he oh, Jesus just told me something in the Holy Ghost. You guys, we are rich in the, wor- in the word. We come up here and we sit and we get that word. And out, the, out in the world, there's beggars that's just asking us for scraps. But we're rich and we're too busy and we're rich in what we're doing and we're too busy to go and tell them the living word of God we're rich in it okay but remember this it don't care how much you know if you don't go if you don't go it's not going to matter how much you know about the word of God if you don't go and tell somebody if you don't go live it out before them you could be rich in the, some of us can quote them scriptures back and forth But who are we telling? And how are we living those scriptures out? We can be rich in it. And they're all around us. You know, I was thinking um, when I was up with my my son and I was thinking, this just came to me, but it just came back, is when I was with him, that was my, my heart is, Lord, give me an opportunity to say something, to give something of your word the richness of your word that can fall upon their ears so that they may be saved, so that they may, they may know you in a deeper way, so that they may get life, okay? But sometimes we're so, we got all of this. We got all of this. We've got experiences. We got testimonies. We got things that God has brought us through. We got the understanding of the word and we're rich in it. And sometimes all we want to do is the rich hang with the rich. I want to, you know, have word with, with Sa- Pastor Sam, throw it back and forth, because we're both rich in it, and, and we feel that, yeah, 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 we're rich in it. But there's a beggar. As Pastor Sam is working, there's a beggar that needs, all he really needs is the scraps. Do you understand? All he needs is one word that could change his life at our jobs, wherever we're at. Are we so rich, but we're not giving anything out? I just thank God for that, man. I thank God for that. So they said this man was rich. He was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen. And, and let me tell you, sometimes we're splendidly clothed in the, um, the aftermath of our, our, of our test. We don't look like what we've been through, okay? But we don't t- want to tell nobody what we've been through. Do you understand? We don't look like it. We don't look like the drug addict. We don't look like the whoremonger. We don't look like the liar. We don't look like the cheater because God has clothed us in his righteousness and we don't look like it and we're rich in his blessings but we don't want to tell them how we got there. We don't want to tell them our testimonies. We don't want to tell. We're rich. We're clothed, splendid. People are looking at us and they're like, oh, you're such a wonderful person. Oh, you're such a a loving person. Oh, you're such a faithful person. And and we're rich because people are putting all these compliments on us and we're so rich in it, but they need to know. But the person that's looking at us, they need to know, how did you get there? How, How did you get there how did you get so beautiful how did you get so patient how they need to know that but we rather them compliment us on the person that we are instead of showing them how we got there y'all understand I don't know why God just he's not in my notes but God just brought that out when I the richness okay that we're clothed in righteousness but are we ready to share righteousness are we ready to give righteousness and it says that this man lay at his gate 
Who is laying at our gate, y'all? Who is around us? And it says he was had sores, but he was laid, just thrown at the gate. There's just people thrown your way, thrown at your gate, thrown at the gate of the salvation that you have in your life. They're right there. That person you see every day, the person in the store, you're saying, howdy, howdy, or maybe nothing at all. You're thrown at your gate. And God is saying, you're so rich in what God has done for you, but are you ready to give it away? Lord, I thank you for that. I don't know about you guys, but that just every time I hear that, it convicts me to want to do more and telling people more about my Lord and, uh, and Savior. It says in Proverbs in 11, it says, wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. All right? So even though he had a lot of money, money can't buy heaven. Money can't buy you a place, you know, at the throne. It just can't. Money can't do that. Money, fame, any fortune, looks, all these things that the world is consumed with. At the end, when we lay down this life, all that is laid down. It can't go with us. It can't be presented before the Lord as something that God's going to count as righteousness. And we need to get that understanding is that righteousness and holiness is what God calls for. It's what we stop preaching about because it's not popular. It's popular to talk about money. It's popular to talk about fame. It's popular to talk about how you're going to get ahead in this life. It's popular to talk about how you're going to get a big house and a car. It's popular. Everyone wants to know how to those things and when you but you will get it's a guarantee you will stand before the throne of God it's a guarantee and you will be held accountable for the things that we've done on this earth and only what we've done for Christ that's what's going to last only what we've done for our Lord and Savior that's what's going to last. We look in this story and when the poor man dies, we see both of them, you know, they both die. They both die. The poor man and the rich man, rich in his ways of thinking and what he had accumulated in these earth. They, they both die, but he has none of those accumulations with him, okay? They come to the same ground. When we die, we come to the same ground no matter what we have on this earth. That we have the same father, right? And we're going to meet him, and we're going to have to give an account for our lives, for our lives. And the funny thing is, as you see in here, no matter what you're rich in, it did not keep him in the kingdom. But we see the poor man, the poor man. The poor man represents humility. It represents a knowing that I need. I, I'm not proud. I, need, I, mean, I mean, if he was proud, he wouldn't have been, wanted to even be at the, at the man's, um, you know, table. He wouldn't even want to be there. A proud man would say, don't take me there. Okay? But he was humble. And God is looking for humble people, you guys. We got to be very careful in this world that we start accounting that we are somebody because of what we have and what we know. We are only somebody because we are his. The rich man, the poor man, the lame man, the whatever we look down on, we all have the same father, and he loves us all. One of the things that he says down here that really gets me is he says, this place is so tormenting where people are laughing and say, I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to dance all day, dance on, I'll dance forever. You know, people say funny things, but this man, he lets you know, and you guys, the word is truth. Did you guys get it? It says to steep ourselves in truth, stand in truth. He said, hell was so bad. Go warn my brothers. Hell was so bad that he wanted, please, I got five brothers. I thought to myself, 
How was it when he was on earth, okay? How was it when he heard the word? Did he want to go warn his brothers this? Because it wasn't real to him. And he didn't accept the reality of God, of turning and repenting. But those hellfires, that torment, now he's saying, whoever told him party, hearty in hell, he's saying, nah, this, ain't, this is no party. And, and please go and just warn my brothers. Come on, just, and I'm telling you, warn your brothers. You guys, I'm telling you that if we love people, let's warn them now. Okay, that's why we need to know about eternity and hell, because if we're not even thinking about it, we're not going to warn them about it. Yes, I want to tell you you're going to get well. Yes, I want to tell you with his stripes you are healed. Yes, I want to tell you all the good things of the Bible, but I also want to warn you that if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you don't turn from your way of living unto God's way, that is through his word. The outcome is going to be what God's word says, no matter what anybody else says, right? No matter what anybody else says, no matter how they, they try to dumb it down, God didn't dumb it down. When he told this story, he, you know, when you think about this story, he didn't have to tell it like this. He didn't have to say this at all. But he wanted us to know and have an impact. There's torment in hell. Because remember, torment was, torment, hell was made for the tormentor. Do you understand that? Satan, it was made for the tormentor, the one that torments us, the one that keeps coming against us, the one that tries us, the one that, it was made for him, not for us. But if we make him our father, the tormentor, by doing the tormentor's will, we will go to where the tormentor goes all right let's remember that but I like that when he said that go but then I like the answer I would think you know I, I thought when he said please Abraham I got five brothers go send somebody back and warn them but but Abraham said no and I was thinking please send somebody back and warn them when you if you was in a lot of pain you want but he just let us know a real thing that if we don't won't listen now we won't listen then and I, I like how he said even though someone would rise from the Jesus has rose from the dead and there's still people that will not listen that will not believe that will not receive and you know how people say that you know I'll believe it if if my mama's standing here from her grave or I no no and, and and we've been through things where we've made all these promises to God God if you just do this then I'll do that if you come this way if you tell I'll do that right I was reading about this uh, man that in his um, life, his brother, you know, had, had died and he had made this promise to God that, you know, I, I, I'm going to live right. I'm going to live right. And at the funeral, everything, I'm going to live right. I'm going to live for you, God, because, you know, this has impacted me. But impacting doesn't mean convicting. He was impacted by death because death is a horrible thing and it makes us feel horrible and, and at that moment we're scared, okay? But God doesn't want us to be just scared, you guys. He wants us to be convicted, all right? Scaring does, it lasts but for a, a season. Have you ever just something for a season and then somehow the enemy has a way of pulling that thing out of your mind if you're not convi truly convicted you'll forget all about that scare of that moment and now you're back to doing what you said you wasn't going to do and so he was said that's what he was saying if even if I sent them back they're not going to listen believers today today is the day of salvation today is that we open our ears to truth and not just our truth because I can look at the word of God and make it my truth I can also make my God fit my box you understand I can make my God like I want it to be for me to be comfortable but God doesn't want us to make him comfortable in our lives because God wants to come in and he wants to change our life he wants to make us in his image and that means a tearing away that means a tearing down you know I also saw this thing where the man had a marble um, 
uh, sculpture that he was making. And to make that sculpture, he had to use a very sharp instrument, you know, to cut it away, to get it in the image that he wanted to be in. And sometimes we don't realize that's what God is doing. And it feels uncomfortable. And he's using that tool of the word on us. But we don't like it because we want a happy word. We want a word that makes us feel good. But God said, "Uh uh-uh, I got to get that off. I got to get that off. And it hurts. And so instead of allowing God to do it, we want to pull away. But God is saying, it's stand in truth. Stand there. God, st- do what you have to do in me to make me in your image, to make me ready for when you come back. Ready. Ready, you guys. We got to be ready. Yes, there's great things that we're going to do on this earth. We have purpose on this earth. The purpose is to glorify God. But remember that. The purpose... Don't get mixed up on your assignment that that's your destiny. That's just your assignment. Your assignment is to put you in a place where you can glorify God and be a shining witness so that others would come. God is all about his table being full. All right. And he's all about using us. Uh, We could go at the moment we say that I love you, Jesus. He could take us up. But we are here because it's more expedient for us to be here so that the people that need to be drawn to God will be drawn assignments but sometimes we get in the assignment mixed up that's me that's who I am this is what it's all about no it's not about you it's not about me it's about the glory of God that he's put us wherever he's put us we should be alertly aware that God has put us and there's someone there I'm not just in this room I'm not just in this building I'm not just on this job I'm here because God has somebody Sometimes we want people to exalt us and know me and what I can do. What can God says, I've just put you in a strategic position so that your personality and what I've given you can work in this place so that you can bring me into a person's heart. Because as sure as we're sitting here, you guys, eternity is for all of us. And we've got to decide... What are we going to do after we die? What And we have to decide, when I look at my loved ones that are dying, what opportunity have I taken to warn them? What opportunity have I taken to tell them about the love of Jesus and his plans that he has for us, but that there is a enemy that does not want us to have those plans and come you know forth in our life he wants to deceive many but God uses us so that our friends our neighbors our families our loved ones that they won't be deceived you guys let's remember that this is short Shante this life is so short but eternity forever forever I'm going to be someplace forever forever I'm going to be someplace I want y'all to get that and I'm going to know that I'm in that place and I'm going to feel what's going on in that place forever forever do you guys get it I'm not going to be in some place where I don't know anything can't feel anything that's a lie from the pit I'm going to be somewhere forever And I need to decide, where do I want to be? Do I want to be in hell? Or do I want to be in heaven? God has a solution, you guys, for anyone you're talking to and to remind yourself. In that scripture that I said, for the wages of sin is death, there's a but. But the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
It says the gift of God is eternal life. Many that may be listening, listening, you may have blown it, just like all of us. But God has a gift for us. If we just turn our hearts to him, and that's eternal life. He has a savior that he's given us that came just for us. That he said that, that we would go back and live with him forever. In Romans 5 and 8, it says this, but God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He's made a way, you guys. He's made a way if we would receive that way. Even though we all sin, God says that Jesus already paid the price for our sin. He died in our place on the cross. And today, all we have to do, are you willing to admit that you are a sinner? in need of a savior and that you want to repent and turn your heart to the one who can save you and set you free. In Romans 10 and 13, it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can accept anybody that's listening right now. You can accept that gift of salvation right now by just saying, Lord, I want to be saved. Forgive me for my sins. And I come and I bow my life down to you. God talks of that great love in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. God's all the torment that I'm talking about today. That place called hell. He loved us so much he didn't want us to go there. That he paid the price. Do you understand? He paid the price. That's like somebody paying the price for you not to go to jail. Okay, they're paying the price, but you just going after they paid the price, you just going to go out there and do something else. You just going to go out there and do something else. Shall you continue in sin that grace may abound? God forget. God forbid. God is telling us, will we accept that love? Will we accept that grace unto the changing of us, to the convicting uh, conviction of I want to live for God. I want to live for somebody who loves me just that much. That there is a place called hell that he doesn't want me to go to. And that he paid a price for me. And he gave me the Holy Spirit to empower me so that I can walk through his tender commands that are precepts to get me through this life right. How could we not love him? How could we not give our all for him? How could we not serve a God like that? But we can be fooled by the enemy. And we can start serving the things of this world and making other gods. And God said, thou shalt not have any other god before me. The Lord our God is a jealous God. Why is he jealous for us? Because we are his. Because we are his. Because he made us. It is he that moves and breathes has his being he's jealous for what is his and what is his turns their hearts to some other god and follow some other god but as we're following some other god we're saying breathe on me god heal me god take care of me god watch over me god but i sure love this god he's jealous for our love he's because his love is all consuming for his people and he wants us to have the same love back as we stand God has put eternity in our minds and in our hearts there's a knowing there's a knowing Elder Robert that we were meant to live forever because God put that in our hearts but his real plan was that we would live with him forever next Sunday we're going to talk about heaven but today I want to let you know there is a place called hell. I need you to warn you there is a place called hell and that the Bible says that the, that the enemy is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a thief that tries to take away our reward in Christ. He comes to steal that what God has planned for us. And I need you to be warned of that.
And I need you to look around and as you see people falling away, falling away, don't you be part of the falling away. The Bible says they're going to fall away. But don't you get discouraged and say, everybody's leaving, everybody's, people aren't serving God anymore. You got to be, if I'm the last man standing, I'm going to stand on the truth. And I got to see my Lord someday. And I have to hear him say, well done. And I don't care if I'm the last one standing, I'm going to be standing. Because God has gone to prepare a place for me. As we say, I went to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. And, and he let them know, in my house, I mean, it blows your mind to imagine. When we talk about heaven, just the one thing just blows my, in my father's house are many mansions. In my father's house are many mansions. Just that alone blows my mind of the bigness and the greatness of God and that, that he's, where he says, I hasn't seen, I've never seen, seen a house that encloses mansions on this earth. So can you imagine that? That we serve a mighty God, an amazing God that has gone to prepare something that we've never seen on this earth so that, that should plant our feet into standing and staying because he loves us that much. And he never asked us to do not one thing that he hasn't empowered us to do and that he's not with us in the doing. In light of eternity and all this death that we see, my question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to prepare yourself? Because as sure as I'm standing here, you will not see me let's say 50 years sure as I'm standing here I'll be gone but gone where is gone where is the real question okay and to be with who is the best question to answer I want to be with my Lord Lord we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus Father